Good morning from the CWB studio. We've got lots of news to cover today in this episode of CWB Morning Show. I'm here with Zach and Jake Stevens. How's hey. it going? Hi, how you doing? What's good? So we've got a lot of things to cover, but first on the list is going to be the draft. So, Jake, would you like to explain how this draft is going to work this season? Absolutely, yes. So the way the draft is working this year, we are trying to get the most fair teams uh, at least in the draft, in order to make it where each eight teams have a chance at the title. So what we did was we based the order off the coaches' skill level since they're playing, and then uh, after each round progresses, each player who is on the draft board is ranked a certain amount of points based off their skill. Whichever player is the least amount of points that is picked in the round, that, that team who picked them gets the first pick in the next round. So that's that way we can make all of eight teams as fair as they can be, and we can have a fair season when all eight teams can get the title. Yeah, that's a really interesting and, new way to be setting everything up. So, Zach, what do you have to say about this draft? Yeah, it is pretty interesting how it's working. I mean, the point system could seem rigged, but we're going to have a lot of people ranking them, so it's, you know, averaged out, so it's not like it's being biased or Daviano or me or whatever. We're going to, you know, do that. And with eight teams, this is going to be a very – Big draft and tough. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Forty-five kids involved. Wow. Um, so now with the draft, the draft order picking first is going to be Jake Stevens with the Stars. He's not going to have a fourth-round pick. Picking second, Brady with the Mooses. They have no fourth-round pick. Uh, Andrew with the Thunder has no third-round pick. Razors with Michael has no th- third-round pick. Jack Spader with the Travelers no second-round pick. Zach Stevens with the Titans, no second-round pick. Daviano Reba, no second-round pick with the Bandits. And no first-round pick is going to be Vincent with the Sluggers. Obviously, he's getting that first-round pick, former MVP winner. Of course, yeah. Of course. So now I think we're just going to have to take it into some hot takes. Who do you think is going to win the draft? What players are going to what team? Uh, How do you think this is going? I'm going to go to Jake first. Yeah, so the um, obviously I have the first-round pick with the Stars. Um, so I'm going to try to make some, uh, bold picks. I don't have my mind fully made up yet. Uh, but you know, I'm, I have a good idea, but I, I'm just looking around to see who the best player to take is. And I'm just trying to do whatever is best for my team in order to, uh, take the uh, world series trophy. Yeah, that's a, uh, a really good outlook here. So before I take it to Zach to see his opinion, I'm just going to say, being towards the bottom of the order for my first pick, I think I'm really going to have to rely on making picks that other people want and then trading. Um, Absolutely, that's a great so I think I think trading is going to be my best friend just because of where I'm picking. I might get a few picks that I'll, uh, I'll keep with, but I think um, trading really is going to be my friend during this draft. All right, Zach, with the Titans, what's your draft outlook? Well... I don't normally jump on the gun, but I'm I'm just looking at this draft board and knowing Jake and knowing his past experience, he's most likely going to pick Nick Cabello. And knowing my past experience, and I'm going to share this because I don't really trade often, and if you pick him, it's not trade bait for me. Um, I do like to look at Colin Obby, uh, but it's it's not really. It's just going to see who falls to me. I don't really want to make much trades because. A lot of the time when I do make trades, it does backfire. 
Right. If we look back at that uh, Jason Vasquez for Blake Foster trade, that certainly did not work in your benefit, as Blake Foster did play no regular season games. Yeah, I'm well aware. Yeah, and um, I do really think that um, trading is going to be a huge part in this. Um, some negotiations are probably going to take place between teams figuring out who they're going to pick um, now, or what. But do you think do you think anybody's going to dip below the first round for their first pick? Yes. I think that, actually, that it could actually be a good I, tactic, going for low-point players to get a better pick in the next round. So I could definitely see yeah. someone doing that. Yeah, I just think it has to be. It, we have to make sure that it is ex, it is explained to all the coaches um, how the draft system is working because that could definitely um, have an effect on the draft. Right, and we have some breaking news right now. Jason Vasquez has just been confirmed to have an elbow injury. Uh, th- now that can oh, greatly God. affect his uh, his draft stock as well as the tra- travelers. From what we've seen in the past. Um, Jack Spader of the, oh, tra- yeah. of the Travelers has shown a lot of interest in Jason Vasquez, especially his pitching, and with his uh, elbow being injured, this could greatly affect the draft. Opinions? So now here's the big question. Does the elbow injury really take your eyes off uh, away from Jason Vasquez, or is his hitting and um, his uh, his use of the opposite hand, could that well, wait, let me same draft? Let me stop you right there. Jason Vasquez is a top-tier pick because of his pitching. If he does not have that, he is not a first-rounder. Right. Yes, he is a good, yes, he is a good fielder, but if he can't throw well, which is his biggest thing, he was the best pitcher last year. He was amazing. He's going to fall a lot because you don't know if he's going to be consistent enough as a hitter because he wasn't last year, but he was a very excellent pitcher. That's what – that's what he was, a pitcher. Right, so when he was asked about the injury uh, and what happened, uh, he said that he shot, uh, uh, in his words, he said, it like shot with my growth plate, I can't throw for six weeks. And then I will. And then after that, I have to gradually work myself back up. So only six weeks. This season doesn't start for another four months. So, however, okay. I, he said that it's a really long progress and time will tell. So he said he can still hit, and uh, he said, uh, if anything, I can pitch lefty. So <laughs> I don't know if he's joking I mean, or that's the case, but we'll have to see. And he hasn't come out to a spring training game for the 2020 season yet, so it's going to be really interesting to see him come out and see how he's going to work with that elbow, see how his hitting is. Um, maybe this is a good opportunity for him to work on his hitting instead of his pitching. Yeah, and you mentioned spring training. That should be a perfect segue into our next topic here. Spring training. What have you seen so far um, from your views oh. of some of these new players? We've we've been able to get a chance to see some new players, um, such as Nick Solomon from TBL and some members of the Hawks team out there at spring training. So, what have you seen so far? I got I got to say this. At spring training. I got to say this right off the bat. One person I am shocked by how well they're doing in spring training, and uh, for for them and I. Uh, I've I've not never seen them play this good, and I'm excited to see them the regular season. Is Aiden Lynn? His Aiden pitching Lynn. Yep. has been phenomenal. He has learned how to th- these movement grips, and he has one of the deadliest risers I have seen. Yeah. And he is an amazing sinker. His pitching, I've never seen anything like it. And it, if he is just as good as he is in spring training as he is in the season, then he is a huge threat. Yeah, and it's shown because spring training. Uh, 
it might not be the same environment to be pitching in that. Um, right, the pressure's the not on. Don't matter, yeah. and the pressure's not exactly on. But uh, during yesterday's game, there was a high pressure situation, um, and Aiden got through it. He he completely like there was no stress, and he came through. He was throwing fastballs hard. His movement pitches were working. Uh, he's just very impressive. Absolutely. And then one of the other players that came out was Josh Johnson from the uh, Coconut Creek Hawks. He is a this is his first year um, doing anything with the uh, CWB. And I gotta say, I was surprised not only by his skill, which his pitching was good. He had good hitting, good plate discipline, good fielding, but also his attitude towards the game is something that you would love to have on your squad. Yeah, exactly. Um, sometimes the um. It's not all about the skill with some of the players. It's just the overall attitude of playing. And that's something special about Josh that you're not getting from many other players. Yeah. Um, about Josh, like he's a very excellent player, and he's someone you really want your team to build up confidence. You don't get that in many great players. And he's a pretty good player, and same with Aiden Lynn. But there's one person who hasn't showed up to spring training, but I know because he's on my team who is pretty good, uh, that I would look at just for his speed as well, who's Scotty Walker. Scotty Walker. He's really Yep. Same with Jackson, Anger. But, yeah, Josh is just a very excellent player, and you really want him to be around your squad. Right. So yeah, a lot he of these... brings a, a yeah. good energy to the field that really can, uh, can help a team win. Absolutely. And there's a lot of Hawks players coming in as – Zach just mentioned all of these players he was talking about, Josh, Scotty, and Jackson. These are all Hawks players, and um, me and Daviano got a chance to go to the Hawks game the other day um, and see how some of them play, see how their mechanics, see their, you know, uh, all-around playing skills, their mechanics, and I was pleasantly surprised by a lot of them, to be honest with you. Yeah, and uh, also, we haven't seen them much in spring training, but from the TBL... You right. do have some poker's players that uh, can really have a good potential yeah. in this league. Right. So now with the TBL joining the CWB in the 2020 season, uh, it's it's you. There's a uh, 20 something kids in the in the uh, former TBL, and we have not seen all of them except for Nick Solomon play. So we know that they could do uh, baseball. Uh, we've seen them play baseball. We've seen them play uh, tennis baseball. But we have not seen them if they can translate that to wiffle ball. And that's what I'm, I'm really wondering about. Um, and that really is what makes or breaks these teams. Yeah, and if you notice, there are some of these players that, um, even though they did play in the CWB last year, um, they really haven't seen the movement pitches that some of these pitchers are developing. There are... Pitchers like Aiden Lynn are developing pitches that are unseen so far in the CWB. Yeah, absolutely. I think that with everybody's arm being developed more um, than last year, uh, because they've, they've gotten older and they've been playing wiffle ball for a while now and they've been able to kind of understand more of the pitches and work on them and uh, get it down to a perfection, it's going to be really dangerous. The pitching is going to be insane this year, and... I, I think that, um, and here's a hot take it f- from me, from what I've seen so far, and I could be wrong because there's a lot of kids I haven't seen play yet, but from what I've seen so far, I think Aiden Lynn is going to win Cy Young this year. 
I wow. seriously would not be surprised about it. And I think we're going to be seeing some awards coming to players from places we didn't really expect. Um, but there are a lot of options on the table for Rookie of the Year with all these new players coming. Oh, yeah. So that would be yeah. um, pretty interesting. So this will take us in the top threats in each category. So I'm going to ask each of you, who do you think is the top threat of each category? So first, yeah. hitting. Who do we think is the top Vincent threat for hitting? Right. Okay, let me go Vincent Martinez or Nick for hitting, I do definitely. I know Jake's probably going to say this too. Nicholas Cabello, Vincent Martinez. Absolutely. And Lenabi, top three best hitters with contact and power. And then if you're looking for power, I would definitely shift towards Evan Russo. But those four are most likely the best hitters. And they've seen a lot of heat, especially Vincent with his clutch home run. Very clutch player. In the, with the 2019 his, you know, uh, championship game. World Series. Yeah. No, yeah. All right, so Jake, who do you yeah. think is going to be the top threat for hitting? Right, so I would have to agree with Zach here on those uh, four players, Vincent, Nick, uh, Evan, and Colin. But with that being said, uh, all of them but Vincent came out to spring training as of this. Oh, Nick Abel also came out. However, in the game they came out to, we didn't have the uh, classic wiffle balls, unfortunately, because um, we lost it in a tree <laughs> in the first inning. Um, but... Uh, we did have the, the wiffle balls with uh, holes in all of them. So these batters have not faced movement pitches like we've seen from Aiden Lynn in the other spring training games. So while I agree with Zach's, uh, Zach's statement on the best hitters, it's really going to be hard to tell who can handle the movement pitches because we know Vincent's yeah. an amazing hitter, but can Vincent uh, park as many home runs as he was last season when he has a curveball or a slider coming at him? But you have to notice the pitch that was that did lead to the big home run. It was a fastball exactly. in a very hittable spot. Um, right in addition, the, the ball that he hit up in the tree in his first um, uh, spring training game this season, was it was also a fastball. So, I mean, you really have to wait did and see what's going to happen um, with this pick. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see uh, how he can handle these moving pitches as well as all of these kids because they have not had the uh, the experience with these moving pitches because last year there weren't that many. Um, and I know that one of the issues, too, is last year, a lot of the time we weren't playing with scuffed balls, and now with the balls being scuffed and uh, kids working with their pitching, it's going to be really interesting to see who can handle it. And we might see some kids who are able to handle it, it who are not maybe not maybe – not, Maybe might not be the best hitters, but maybe the smartest enough to know what pitch is coming and how to read it, and they can end up being one of the best hitters. So it's really tough to tell who will be the best hitter this year. All right, now finally, a um, a category that I do think gets overlooked, fielding. Yeah. Who do you think really has oh. that talent in fielding? Zach? Yeah. Well, we all saw last year when Vincent Martinez made one of the greatest fielding plays we've ever seen and will probably ever see yep. when, he, when he turned two. Where he tagged Nico um, Martinez he, and then dove on the base to get uh, Evan Russo out on the fourth side. Yeah, fielding. But there's also several player. other players that have speed and will know how to you know be calm, collected while fielding the ball. I do think there's a couple players that are like really highly – highly, you know, overlooked. Like, I think 
Daviano, you, like, you're a very good fielder. You keep composure, and you're also very fast. And I think speed's yeah. going to kill him. Yeah, and um, also, since Gold Glove isn't just a one-person a league uh, kind of award, I do think we are going to see some Gold Gloves from the, um, the pokers, because you have to think about how it is. Hitting and pitching are both different from wiffle ball and tennis ball, but fielding, right. it's really a constant. So there's a couple yeah, of really me. star fielders uh, from the TBL, and I and I do think that that could translate into wiffle ball. Absolutely. And you're, you're right. We're, while hitting and pitching, different timing, different grips, different mechanics, a whole different way to look at that. Fielding is always the same bread and butter that these kids can look back on, and I think that... Uh, with fielding, it's going to be just as consistent and the same with wiffle ball um, as it is with the tennis baseball. However, one thing that's really important, and it could mess up a lot of plays this season, is the gripping on the ball being thrown to first base. With yes, the ball. if you don't know the right. proper grip, the ball is practically uncontrollable, and you just have to hope the ball flies in the right place. Right, you could accidentally pick it up and try to make a quick play and have a curveball grip, and next thing you know, it's breaking five feet left of the base, and you, you have a guy get on, it's an overthrow, and a guy scores on it. So you really need to be careful in the, when you pick up the ball and finding the grip. But when it comes to actual fielding and making plays, diving for the ball, um, catching pop flies, um, fielding it, that's all the same. So I think that um, that's going to be a g good transition from tennis baseball to wiffle ball for those kids. But yes. hitting and pitching is going to be tough. And they ha luckily they have four months of spring training to uh, look at it. And work on it. Yeah, and finally, um, a category that we're going to do a couple times this season, it's season hot takes. So right now we're doing season hot takes before the draft even happens. And I'd like to do these season hot takes after the draft so we can see what we think after the players are already on the team. But just starting from now, um, you can make hot takes on who you think is going to win the World Series. You can say... Um, which players you think are going to do what. Like, you could say how many home runs you think someone's going to hit, how many strikeouts somebody's going to hit. So I'm going to go to Zach first for this one. I think this year, with the mound being moved back, with several rules changing, with several new players, that a lot of things are going to change. Like, for example, I don't think Vincent's going to be this powerhouse as he used to be when people are going to start to figure out that, hey, he can't hit movement. Like, I mean, we haven't seen it. That's the thing. We've seen him hit bombs with fastballs, but not with movement. And I don't see him hitting much homers when people figure that out. Exactly. And I do think Jake Stevens and the Stars, that team, is probably going to be a pretty good team if they can find a good draft because they do have their first picks. I mean, yeah. One of my predictions for the, um, for the National League, and um, just to clarify, the league is split up into uh, two – uh, different divisions of each division consists of four teams. Um, so the American League is the Stars, the Travelers, the Titans, and the Sluggers. The National League is the Bandits, the Mooses, the Grazers, and the Thunder. So I think um, that with the National League, because one team from each league does not make playoffs, so I think, to be honest with you, the team I don't see making playoffs in the National League um, is the, the Thunder. The Thunder just got a new coach, um, and I don't know if they're gonna be they're gonna be able to perform. 
um, since it's a, uh, this coach's first year doing it, and uh, that's just my prediction uh, for the National League. I don't think the Thunder are going to make playoffs. Yeah, um, it's really just based off of how the, the draft works, and realistically, the National League coaches, they're at a disadvantage because they don't know some yeah. of the players, but they will get to know them, and I'm sure there's going to be trades during the season, very big ones at that. And, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a fun season. It's going to be an interesting season. Um, but first, this coronavirus has to go away. So how is that affecting spring training games? <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, I can speak on this. I As um, uh, on top of the uh, CWB, I'm also um, commissioner and president of the CBA, which is a Creek Basketball Association. And um, we actually shut down our season. Um due to the coronavirus, and not only, um, and because also it's very dangerous to be out in this, um, but so, uh, but there is spring training right now, and um, the reason for that uh, is that a, while a lot of people are feeling that it's dangerous out um, to be outside, we feel that um, you should be able to play by your own risk. If you want to come out, you can, but for the CBA, we couldn't get league games because a lot of parents weren't allowing their kids to come out. So uh, with spring training, uh, kids can come and play at their own risk. We're, we're not requiring you to come out because it's not a real game. But with the CBA, um, with it being a league game and required to come out, uh, we, we don't want to force kids to come out if they don't feel comfortable with the uh, current uh, epidemic going around. Yeah. All right. And at that, that should be our conclusion for the Creek wiffle ball morning show thanks for joining us Thank you. um make sure you subscribe on youtube follow on instagram and check other episodes like this out in the future on the podcast app as well as some other places anything else that you guys would like to say to finish this off no i think that's it uh thank you guys so much for listening yeah and uh we will see you in the next episode